Hey, man. Welcome to the Harland Highway, man. Yeah, that's right, man. Come on in, sit down. Take a load off. Uh, great to have you. I'm Harland Williams. This is the Harland Highway podcast. And uh, we got a cool show today. We got a groovy, groovy show today. I'm going to be talking about a follow-up story on something that happened to me on an airliner where I told you about a month and a half ago where a big fat person sat beside me and their body spilled over into my seat and draped all over my body and I got upset about it and and now it looks like the same thing's happened to someone else and they're suing the airlines. So it's like life imitating art or art imitating life or fat imitating blubber. I don't know what it is, but it's an interesting story. I'm going to be talking about that. And then a, uh, a pavement pounder had the audacity to phone in and kind of do an impression of Lieutenant uh, Colonel uh, French Commander uh, Tom Dowdy from the American military and uh, kind of was kind of mocking his voice. And then the real Tom Dowdy called in, pissed off, angry, and he unloads on me towards the end of the podcast. So put your seatbelt on. It's going to be a rough one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come here, baby. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. No! no. I didn't bargain for this. Oh, yes, you did. Chicka, chicka, chow, chicka, chicka, chow, man, baby. And the creature from outer space. Please don't stop. I got a mean and ugly face. Magnificent performance. This is the Harland Highway. I hate you. Well, that's the way it goes. <laughs> what do you say we get down to business? Here is a uh, an interesting little update story for you. You know, sometimes I'll do a, a story on my podcast, my podcast, and uh, you know, it's real life. I talk about stuff that's happened to me, and um, sometimes something pops up that kind of is like a weird, cool follow up moment. So I don't know. I guess about a month and a half ago, I told you a story about how I was uh, in an airplane and a very Large, large woman was in the seat beside me and her flesh was literally spilling over onto my body. Her, her, her thighs and her, the, the, the meat on her waist were, were literally resting on my thigh. Her, her mass was invading my seat. And I was upset about it, and I found a creative way to get out of the seat and change seats. But it, nonetheless, it, it raised a lot of questions. It, it caused a lot of stress, and it, it, you know, it made me do a segment on it. So as a follow-up, here's a story in, uh, in the news. Check out this headline. American Airlines sued by man cramped by obese passengers. I mean, this is this is right in the wheelhouse I was in, man. Or the meat house. I don't know what you want to say. But anyways, an Australian man is suing American Airlines 
alleging that he suffered serious injuries after being seated next to two passengers he claims were, quote, grossly obese. The man was flying from Sydney to Los Angeles, a 14-hour journey. Oh, my God. I mean, I only had to go an hour and I got the hell out of my seat. The man was seated in the window seat of an economy class uh, seat, and according to the court documents, two overweight passengers were seated in his row. According to the lawsuit, the body of the passenger next to Taylor spilt over and encroached upon his seat, forcing him to contort his body into a series of positions, including standing up, crouching, kneeling, and leaning forward. Well, I believe it, man. This is what I had to do. When I was on that plane, I literally, I had to push my body. I was in the window seat. I had to push my body against the window seat. I had to I, I literally, you know, had to put my body under duress, under stress, because I, you know, I was doing everything I could to pull away from this woman's flesh being all over me. I know she doesn't have leprosy, but I don't want someone else's flesh all over me. And so when you're sitting in a cramped position and, and your muscles are contorting and you're you're pulling away from something... You don't have to be doing yoga for, for, you know, those muscles to eventually probably get sore and cramped and tight. <coughs> now, I didn't have to deal with it because I got up and moved. But even in the brief time I was sitting beside this woman that was next to me, I was experiencing all this stuff. So this guy had a 14-hour flight. And now the story says, though it's been well over a year since the trip, Taylor, who suffered from a pre-existing spinal curvature, claims that he suffered even more severe back injuries and neck pain, arguing that the uncomfortable plane ride exasperated his condition. His lawyer said his client asked the cabin crew if he could change seats, but was reportedly denied. And apparently he asked multiple times. Quote, Mr. Taylor asked the cabin crew on numerous occasions if he could sit in another passenger seat or sit in one of the crew seats or sit in the aisle or even sit on the toilet seat to alleviate the pain and discomfort that he was suffering from. You know it's bad when you ask to sit on the toilet seat. 14 hours on a toilet seat? You'd probably walk off that plane about 80 pounds lighter. On each occasion, Mr. Taylor was refused and rebuffed. His his side was rebuffed by the flubber. Attendants were not able to reseat Taylor since U.S. federal regulations do not allow passengers to sit in crew member jump seats. All 310 seats aboard the plane were occupied by other passengers. Taylor is seeking $100,000 in damages. His lawyer added that if his client is victorious, it could be a wake-up call for airlines to consider how they've designed their seating and how they seat passengers. I agree, man. It's all kind of fun and games. It's all, oh, well, what's the guy bitching about until it happens to you? And it happened to me. It is really uncomfortable. And by the way, I was only seated beside this woman for 10 minutes. And I got the hell out of there. But if you listen to the podcast, because 
we were in the uh, the, the uh, safety ejection window aisle. You know that that uh, that exit door aisle, and and the stewardess came by, the flight attendant came by and said, "Is there anyone uncomfortable with being in the safety aisle?" And I put my hand up. I said, "Yes, I am," which I wasn't, but that was my excuse to get out of sitting in the seat beside Jumbo. But you know what? I would have gotten up and left regardless because there were a few empty seats on my flight, and I just would have done it. And if if they gave me a hard time, I probably would have sued them as well. So it's about time that, you know, all the airlines realize that, especially in America, we live in a very obese society. It's just part of the fabric of this country. We, it's the same way we have a, a multicultural country. We have black people, we have white people, we have yellow people, we have red people, we have skinny people, we have fat people, we have regular-sized people. So you can't just ignore the enormity of some of these people. They are very, very large people, and they, they don't have the right to let their physicality impose on people that aren't obese. And if you're running an airline, man, you got to be freaking aware of that, man. you got to be aware of it, and you've got to be able to accommodate it. You know, I think what they should do is maybe put two aisles, two aisles on every plane where the seats are double wide. And they're specifically for obese people. And that way, you know, I feel for the obese people, too, because they're kind of embarrassed. It can't be a pleasurable experience for them. They know that they're spilling over. And as uncomfortable as, as the people that are, are being squished by them, they must be terribly uncomfortable too because the, 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 these very large people are in these very small seats. So knowing that there's a need and a demand for the obese population, the airline should definitely stop being so greedy and they should make an area for large people, two or three rows on every plane. And guess what? If obese people don't buy the seats, then they just sell the seats to regular people. And whoopee-doo, the regular people get a wider seat. And maybe the airlines have to remove like six seats out of their airliners in order to put in the bigger seats. But too bad if you guys lose a little money. Whoopee-doo, you're... You're a service for people. You're a people-moving service. You're a, a human-being transport service. And not all human beings are cut from the same mold. So if you're in the industry of moving people, you have to accommodate people of all sizes. The fact that this hasn't been done yet is preposterous, and I'm glad this guy is suing. We should all sue. We should sue on behalf of obese people. There's no reason the airlines can't do this. You know, do you remember do you remember when 9/11 happened? Do you remember what happened with airplanes? Remember you, you, you they used to just leave the uh, the pilot's cockpit door open or unlocked, the steward the uh, the uh, flight attendants going in and out willy-nilly. I'd be on flights where they actually would leave the door open just because it was so casual. And you know what happened? The week after 9-11, boom, 
every single door on every single jetliner in the world became impenetrable. They reinforced them. They put locks on them. They made them bulletproof. They put little little eye holes in them so the captains could look out and see what was going on. They made them lock from the inside so no one. There's, it's almost impossible to break them down unless you had like a tank on the plane. And you know why they did it? Because this was an immediate need and it serviced the airline and it serviced the people and it protected the pilots, it protected the customers. And when you think about it, for all these decades in this violent world we live in, how is it that they didn't have that as a staple in the design of an airliner right out of the gate? When they first designed aircraft, why didn't they go, you know, we might get a bad egg on our plane one day. So since we're putting in a door anyways between the customers and the cockpit, why don't we just put a door in that's, you know, really sturdy and no one could get in? But nope, they waited until like, you know, six planes flew into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon and into the ground. Oh, now we'll do it. Now we'll do it. Now that all these people have died and been injured and, and the, you know, the whole history of the world has been altered. Isn't that interesting to think that the history of the world would not have been altered had they just had the foresight and the wherewithal to put in a security door in airplanes? And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, there have been Hundreds, if not thousands, of, of hijackings over the years of airplanes. It didn't start at 9-11. It just goes back as far as, uh, you know, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Why wasn't it instituted right then and there? The fact that we let it go so long? I mean, that's that's another grounds for a lawsuit against the airlines right now. I mean, if there's people listening whose families were sadly affected, uh, somebody was killed in 9-11, you could probably go back and, and sue them. It was probably the airline's responsibility to make sure that the airline that the consumer was getting on was safe and secure. That's not an unreasonable request, especially considering you're, you're 25, 35,000 feet in the sky. It's just common sense, but no, they didn't do it. And probably why they didn't do it, because it costs extra money. But once 9-11 happened, it was like, okay, who cares about money? Just put them in. So now we're at a place, and we're not at a place. We've been at a place for probably since the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s as well, where very large people have to get on airplanes and fly, and it's affecting everyone else. So stop being cheap. Stop being miser. Stop being greedy. These airline CEOs and the top executives who every year, if you read the business section of your paper, get Christmas bonuses of up in the double digits of millions of dollars, $17 million, $23 million at the end of every year, bonus money, enough money to outfit every plane in the fleet with fat people seats, pardon the expression, And it's just another example of the corporate greed and and the lack of caring and the mishandling of consumers and 
their feelings and their needs and their requirements. I mean, how do you, you know, that's like starting a cruise line and going, well, let's put rooms in our cruise ship, but they don't need their own bathroom. We'll just put one bathroom up on the top deck and everyone can share. Like, that's just insensitive. It, it's it's greedy. It, it's cost-cutting. It's So, note to airlines, especially after all the crap we've seen recently with babies getting hit and people being dragged off their flights and fights breaking out and delays and ticket prices and baggage handling prices and the meals are crappy and I could go on and on how how crappy the airlines are, man. I tell you, I just flew down to the Amazon on uh, Avianca, which is a South American airline, and it was like unbelievable. Beds, delicious food. They give you the little pack with the, with the toothbrush and the slippers and the eye mask, and you just feel pampered. You feel like they're going the extra mile to make you feel good. You don't get any of that crap on the, on the American airlines anymore. And when I say American, I mean all the carriers. I don't just mean... American Airlines, I mean, uh, airline companies running in America. The only one that still really kind of pampers you and you feel special is Virgin. I don't know if you've ever flown Virgin Airlines, Virgin America, but they still they still keep it like they serve you really delicious food. And I hate to sound sexist, but the, uh, the uh, flight attendants are generally quite attractive. And I know that may sound shallow and... And, you know, whatever you want to label it. But I'll tell you what, I fly a lot. It makes a difference. I like having young, trim, fit, attractive airline attendants. It just it just makes my flight more pleasurable. I know other people are competent at it. But, you know, it's not as much fun uh, when an old lady or an old man comes up to you and says, Yeah, can I get you a drink? Versus, like, a girl who should be modeling walks up and is like, Hello, Mr. Williams, can I get you something to drink? And I'm like, well, you know, at least at least you can fantasize. At least you can, you know, put a little smirk on your face. So anyways, this is just emblematic of all the uh, all the all the flaws in the uh, the uh, airline. You know, someone should just sit down in the boardroom and go, okay, here's the inside of our airplanes. What's missing? What do we need to accommodate our passengers? What what changes and adjustments can we make to make this a pleasant flying experience for people of all shapes and sizes? And they might even consider making a special area for people with babies and children under like seven years old. Because that's a real pain in the ass too. And I'm not saying, you know, abolish children on planes. God knows I might have some one day, but it might be nice if they were all put in a certain area because guess what? They make a lot of noise and they can make make a flight a nightmare. But they, no one wants to sit down and, and look at all this. All they're looking at is the mechanics, right? They're like, they're like, oh, here's here's the here's our vehicle. Here's the structure. It's a long tube. We can fit approximately uh, 228 seats in here, side by side, with uh, with uh, nine inches of knee space, and that's it. We're ready to go. Well, there's been no thought put into that process to accommodate 
as I said, the, the different walks of life that fly. So I'm glad this guy's suing. I have $100,000. I hope he wins like $100 million. And I, I hope the airlines get their ass in gear, man. I tell you what, if you want to be a successful airline, start a new airline and implement all the things I just suggested and more. I'm sure if you sat down, it's like decorating your house. You ever move into a new house and you walk into the empty house and it's just walls, walls and floors. And you go, oh, I know what kind of carpet I want there. A couch there, a chair there, a bar there, a dining room table there. This would be good for that. This is the guest bathroom. What do I want my guests to have in the bathroom? Yada, 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 boom, boom, boom. You think about comfort. You think about style. You think about... uh, Aesthetics, you think about, uh, you know, what you need. I mean, it's just just ridiculous that we're still flying in these substandard tubes full of seats. So there you go, man. There's my follow-up news story, and uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Raj, play a commercial. I'll catch my breath, and we'll move the hell on. For my feminine itching, I depend on Vagisil Cream to stop it instantly. And for a painful burning itch, I get maximum strength Vagisil for even stronger relief. There's Vagisil Cream and maximum strength. We interrupt this broadcast for an important North Korean news update. <laughs> 우리 군대와 인민은 반공화국 대결분자들의 온갖 모략 날조 책등을 과감히 짓보시고 북남관계를 개선하며 민족의 평화와 통일을 위해 계속 앞으로 나아갈 것이다. We will keep you updated on this news story as it breaks. Now back to our regular programming. By the way, you should tell people about 
what you do to work out because those who don't see you, you are jacked. You have like freaking guns. Always listening to the Harlem Highway. Wow. Okay. Thank you uh, for calling in. I think someone was. Uh, I don't know if I'd mess with uh, Corporal uh, Tom Major Dowdy, Left Lieutenant. Uh, I, I I got it. You were doing his voice there. Um, I don't know, man. He's a bit of a tough guy. But anyhow, uh, to your point, to your comments, uh, thank you for coming out to see me. Uh, this gentleman and his girlfriend saw me at the Mohican Sun Casino in Connecticut a few weeks ago doing live stand-up. And uh, according to him, I killed it. I, la- I made them laugh till they had hernias, which is great news. They got their money's worth. And... Uh, Forget money. I just like to make people laugh. So thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed the show. I really appreciate your feedback. Come back next time I'm out there. And as far as my my workout regimen, my guns. Hey, thanks for noticing my guns, bro. Um, you know, I think I did a whole podcast about my workout regiment. Um. There's a podcast somewhere in there in the archives where I kind of talked about what I do and how often I do it and blah, blah, blah. And I think the headline on the podcast is the healthiest podcast you'll ever listen to because I kind of detail step by step my little workout regime, which works for me. Don't know if it'll work for you, but it's, you know, something to think about. So check that out if you're really that interested in my guns. What? Oh, oh, okay. That sounds a little tense. Holy shit. Okay, well, now apparently he's on the line and he's pissed. Oh, great. Well, it looks like uh, Commander uh, Inspector Colonel Lieutenant uh, First Commander Corporal D- Major Tom Dowdy's calling in. I guess he heard, he heard the phone call, Roger. Great. Oh, that's all I need is that guy mad at me. Okay, well, I guess put him through and I'll just let him know that it was just a, one of our our pavement pounders having a little fun. He doesn't have to get all upset about it. All right, well, he's on the line. Let's put him through. Here we go. Corporal Major Tom Dowdy, Lieutenant Senior Vice President. Put him through. Uh, hello, uh, Corporal uh, Major Tom, uh, Right Lieutenant uh, Safeguard, um, running back uh, Dowdy. Are you there, sir? Hello, civilian. Uh, yes, sir. How are you today? I've been better, civilian. I'm not in a good mood, I'll tell you that much. Uh, listen, before we get off on the wrong foot, No, no, I, I get it, sir. I, we, we know you're a patriot. We know the, the time you've put in in the military. We know... You don't know Jack, and neither do your listeners. You know, I tune in and listen to your show. I sit in the backyard with a lemonade in my hand and a shotgun in my other hand, and I listen to your goddamn show, civilian. And the least I can expect is a little risk. Respect and civility from your goddamn listeners. 
Sir, I, I think people respect you, but... But nothing. You know, that last caller, that millennial making fun of me and what I did for this country. Do you have any idea what I did for this country, civilian? Yeah, well, I think we do know, sir, and I apologize... I get it. And I couldn't move because I was surrounded by the men of the Vietnam Communist Army. And every time I breathed, that goddamn electric eel shocked my balls so hard they looked like bingo balls rolling around in a bingo machine at the community center. You know what I'm saying, civilian? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I, I get it. I know electric eels can be very powerful. They can, they can shock an alligator into submission. So why don't you picture my balls bouncing around in my nutsack and smoking? They're like two wontons bouncing around in a bowl of wonton soup, civilian. They're hot. They're clammy. They're all I can't make a move. And you know why? Because I'm laying in the swamp for the United States of America so people like your last caller can have a fucking Prius and drive around. They could go get a, a fruit smoothie over at Yogurtland. They could go over to Starbucks and get a Frappuccino, Frappuccino, Kappa, Mappa, fucking Wappa, Smacka, fucking in the wicka wacka pick a pack a motherfucking crack a snap a fuck pack a mug a bug a fuck walk a whipped cream covered shit and fucker. Okay, sir, we get it. We get it. Sir, you're starting to sound like an Eskimo. I crawled through the swamps of Vietnam. I hid in the treetops in Cambodia. You know what it's like to snuggle up in a monkey nest? A monkey covered with SARS all over its bodies and fucking monkey fleas and monkey ticks getting in my hair, sucking blood out of my pores. Yeah, that's right, civilian. And I did all that for the United States of America. Some nights I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd think I'd gone blind. But guess what, civilian? There was a monkey ass sitting on my face. Sir, I listen, you don't have to tell us these stories. No, I don't, sir. That means there was only one place for the monkey's asshole. Okay, sir, please stop.
like an Ewok at an all-night pumpkin pie sex festival. <laughs> Sir, are you, are you okay? I had a monkey-ass cheek on each eye and a swollen spider monkey anus on the tip of my nose, and I looked like an Ewok that had just been hit by a Mack truck, wandered into a Denny's for help, and they were so freaked out they smashed the little hairy fuck in the face with a $5 Walmart fry pan. Oh, yeah, that little Ewok had fucking Pam spray. Butter, olive oil, and a Denver omelet in the middle of his fucking Ewok forehead. <laughs> sir, 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 please, you're making me vomit here. This, that's horrible. So when your listeners call in, and they want to make fun of corporate Dom Chow, Bing Bong, Willy Wong, fucking corporal student, powwow, fuckface, Tom Dowdy... Sir, are you are you okay? It seems like you're drifting a little bit. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm trying to remind the millennials about the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, are you are you choking? Sir, this is getting a bit meandering. I said, let me tell you something. Oh, sir, you were talking about Ewoks. Exactly. Let me tell you something. Go ahead, sir. Yubna. 
pardon me, sir? Yum, nub. What, what is that, sir? Gum, nub, yum, gum, nub, gum, wop. Are, are you talking in Ewok, Colonel P- Professor Dowdy? Sir, yeah, you're regressing here. I again, I apologize for my listener, uh, kind of mocking your your voice. But uh, please know that we all respect you. We all are very proud of you. We are, are, are very mindful of your service. Sir, you got to stop talking Ewok. I feel like you're having like a flashback or something. Okay, we're we're gonna hang up, sir. You you, we don't understand Ewok here. Well, how about this? Do you understand this? You and your ungrateful listeners can go and suck a giant bag of twenty dollar cucumbers, and I hope when you crap them out, they come out sideways and stretch you open so wide. Sir, that's that's disgusting. Go fuck a bald koala, you sons of bitches. Whoa. Whoa! Holy crap. He was pissed, Roger. Is he did he hang up for real? Holy shit. I don't like getting that guy mad. Um, look, pavement pounders, listeners, please, out of, out of respect for Corporal uh, Lieutenant uh, Sergeant Major Tom Dowdy, uh, let's just not, uh, in the future, let's steer clear of making fun of him, trying to imitate his voice. He's He's been through a lot, and I think when he gets stressed, when he gets upset, he regresses, he, he gets discombobulated, he flashes back, he... It kind of derails him a little bit, and he and he he, he you know he, he points his anger at me specifically because I host the show and I have to take the brunt of your, you know, kind of ridiculing him a bit. So just I'm gonna ask you to to hold back, please, on uh, you know mimicking uh, to C- Corporal Lieutenant Tom Dowdy. Okay, if you're listening, sir, we apologize. I understand why you're mad. We have no right after all you've done, all you've been through, your service to the country to, to uh, make light of any of it. So there we go. We'll end, the, we'll end the show there with a very sincere apology, okay? Holy smokes. Um, let's see. What can I tell you, though? What can, let's, let's shift gears quickly. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who came out to see me in Vancouver. Had a great show in Vancouver last uh, weekend. Really fun time, really fun town, great people. Uh, and also to uh, Anna Harris, you know, you know the girl from the uh, Anna Ferris, I should see the, the girl um, the girl that does all the uh, scary movie movies. You know, the little blonde girl. I think she has a sitcom on uh, on TV right now called Mom. 
cute little blonde girl, and uh, we 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 uh, saw each other on the plane. We'd we'd met a few times over the years in Hollywood. So she uh, asked to come out to my show. So she came out to the show and had a blast and said some very complimentary things. So Anna, if you're listening, thank you for coming to the uh, the show in Vancouver, and just a great time. Uh, my next show, folks. We'll be in uh, Tampa, Florida, June 1st at the Improv, June 1st to June 4th. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then following that, I'll be at the Brea Improv, Brea, uh, California, June 15th through the 18th. So again, another uh, another really uh, cool set of shows. And here's a special announcement I want to tell you about. Um, and I don't know if you live in the California area, but I will be taping my new stand-up comedy special in Irvine, California on June 22nd at the Improv. It's a beautiful club, 600-seat uh, club. It looks like a theater in there, and I'll be shooting in there on uh, June 22nd. But here's the hook. I'm shooting, I think this is a first I am going to be shooting my special as Caramel Corn the Pug. Yes, that's right. I have this crazy pug mask, and I'm doing my whole special as a dog. You're the first to hear about it. I'm telling you now. It's it's going to be ridiculous and weird, and I have this crazy mask that covers my whole head, and the mouth articulates, and when I move my mouth, the, the pug's mouth moves. And it just looks ridiculous, and you know I've been trying to figure out when do I want to do my next special, and I haven't been inspired because I want to do something different and something stimulating. And then one day, not too long ago, I put this silly mask on, and I was like, wait a minute. Ding! The light went off, and I was like, this is going to be my next special. Harland Williams as Caramel Corn the Pug. So if you want to uh, be part of the live taping, uh, you can get tickets at uh, theimprov.com or at my website harlandwilliams.com. We have a link to the uh, we have a link to the uh, ticket sales. I think it's twenty bucks, and we have an early show and a late show, one night only. It's a Thursday, the Irvine Improv, June twenty second. So come on out if you want to come to one of the weirdest stand-up comedy tapings ever. You're going to be seeing a dog do stand-up. It's going to be ridiculous and stupid and weird and funny and silly, and I can't wait. And if you can't make it, uh, remember, it is a stand-up special, so it will be available out there in the digital world once we get it all put together and edited and yada, yada, yada. So there you go. I'll talk more about it uh, on the next podcast so I can fill you in a bit more. So June 22nd, the Irvine Improv. If you want to write to me, uh, write to me at harlanwilliams.com. You can also leave me a voicemail. Just don't do Tom Dowdy, please. Uh, 323-739-4330. It rings for about five, six times before the machine picks up. You're just talking to a machine, and you can leave any type of message you like. 323-739-4330. That number is on the website, harlanwilliams.com. While you're there, you can go on the podcast page, become a premium member. You can, uh, for $20 a year, you can get uh, all the podcasts I've ever done, every episode of the Harlan Highway, one of which is the episode where I talk about my health and fitness 
regime. Um, and uh, you can find out how I got my big fat guns, as that one listener pointed out. Ha ha ha. Um, and that's it, man. Um, don't forget to get our free app on your telephone, your cell phone. Just go into your app store, type in the Harlan Highway, and boom, baby. You're good to go. You can listen to the Harlan Highway wherever you may be. Uh, and that's it, man. Don't forget to check out Puppy Dog Pals, my new uh, Disney show every Friday morning on Disney and Disney Junior. And don't forget to pick up my new uh, record album, my music album with my cousin Kevin Hearn called The Cousins Rattlesnake Love. It's on iTunes. We got like 11 cool songs on there. Download it today and have some fun listening to some rock and roll tunes. And that's it, babies. That's all I got. I got to go, you know, peel my face or something. Uh, Until next time, thanks for being here. Chicken. Chow me, baby. Nub, 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 nub,